Hello, this is Rosemary, and for the next hour, I'll be reading from the May 25th issue of the East Aurora Advertiser on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. And we'll start with Middle School Students Tour Nation's Capital Meet Veterans. Last month, 37 students from East Aurora Middle School took a four-day trip to visit Washington, D.C. The trip was organized by Student Council Advisors Stacy Koch and Patrick Dayton, and the group toured several memorials and Smithsonian museums. Middle School Principal Matthew Brown spoke at the April 19th meeting of the East Aurora School Board about the group's experience at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier which he said was the most incredible part of the trip for them. Brown said that as the group was leaving the site, they learned that an honor flight group from, the Erie County, from Erie County had just arrived. Honor Flight is an organization that transports American veterans who are critically ill to Washington, D.C. to honor them for their service and sacrifice. This particular flight was sponsored by the Buffalo Bills. We happened to be there at the same time as they were getting off their bus, Brown said. The coolest thing was our 37 students, without being asked or anything, ran right up to the bus. They started helping to pull the wheelchairs out from under the bus and get them set up for the veterans. Brown said the students shook each one of the veterans' hands and thanked them for their service. A 103-year-old veteran of World War II was among the group. Brown said the veteran told them stories, as well as gave the students advice on how to live a long life. Reed Ferguson and some of the Bills coaching staff excuse me, were among those with the Honor Flight veterans. It was necessary to see the focus was not about them. It was all about the veterans and what they have done for our country and the time that they served, Brown said. Brown said he believes it was a memorable experience for both the veterans and the students. Architectural firm presents plans for building on Main Street. Building from the ground up doesn't happen too often on Main Street in East Aurora, but one business on the west is expanding by adding another building to their complex. Clark and Katie Crook, the owners of 189 Public House, Barbill Tavern, and Barbill Takeout, are expanding and building office space and additional residential retail and residential space at 203 Main Street. The plans have been reviewed by the planning board, and a public hearing was held at the May 15th meeting with no comment. Abstract Architecture, PC, out of Buffalo, has been hired for the project. Michael Anderson has been representing the company at village meetings. Anderson said that the building will be situated on the lot so as not to disturb any of the surrounding trees, which was a request of the planning board. He said that the building will be two stories, and it will be a design that complements the older architecture of other buildings the Crooks own, with large windows on the second floor. 
The design goal is to blend with the village. Katie asked us to create something like their other buildings, which were residences turned into commercial use, Anderson said. Window sizes are residential in scale on the upper floor. It has touches and finishes that you would typically see on an older village home. The first floor of the building will have two designated commercial spaces. Anderson said the front of the building facing Main Street will be ideal as a retail space, while the back of the building would be suited as a professional office. The upstairs will also be divided into two spaces. One will serve as headquarters for the restaurant business owned by the family. The other space will be a residential apartment, mainly for the crook's personal use. Construction is expected to begin in 2024. Benefits of a walkable, bikeable community. Scoot around June. As if June weren't already the best month of the year for enjoying our finally clement weather, Scoot Around June provides even better ways to get the whole family involved in outdoor exercise and fun on foot or on two wheels. The challenge has added benefit of doing your best for the environment and for the community. Scoot Around June is a biking and walking challenge in the town of Aurora and the village of East Aurora. It's an effort to increase awareness about the benefits of reduced vehicular traffic and increased physical activity. East Aurora's Climate Smart Communities Task Force, a coalition of engaged individuals from local government, citizen committees, and the business community, has come together to provide a month's worth of activities centered around biking, walking, scootering, anything besides driving a motor vehicle. The organizers asked that residents consider leaving their cars at home and choose to take a bike or walk or scoot from one place to another around the community. A press release from the organizers outlines the mission of Scoot Around June to educate Town of Aurora residents on the benefits of a more walkable, bikeable lifestyle. Preserve our environment and natural resources by reducing greenhouse gas emissions from vehicular travel. Increase safety by teaching residents about the rules of the road when shared. Support small businesses by increasing local traffic and making more parking spots available for tourists. Create a healthier community by increasing physical activity. Change habits so that residents are less likely to use vehicles or everyday tasks. And lastly, gather information to further promote a walkable, bikeable community for the future. According to Aurora Town Council member Luke Wachensky, we have all sorts of activities planned. We're working with several organizations, ACES, Aurorans for Climate and Environment Sense, the Girl Scouts, local merchants. Plus, we have an outstanding committee, Jennifer Brazil, Joe McCann, Annika Safford, Lori Borowiak, Bar 
and East Aurora High School students Emma Dolan, Patrick Lally, and Katie Jensey. We start at the beginning of the month with a lecture from our local police officers about bicycle safety. Throughout the month, Go Bike Buffalo will come out and set up a course for children to help them learn how to bike safely on village streets. Also, throughout the month, we will put up QR codes at several sponsoring businesses around town so that people arriving on foot or on bicycles can sign in and register for prizes or discounts. It's like a QR treasure hunt. We'll have a big raffle and prizes awarded at the July 3rd celebration at Hamlin Park. The list of sponsors is still growing with room for more. Email lwochensky at townofaurora.com if you're interested in becoming a sponsor. The list of prizes is growing as well and includes two passes to September's Borderland Music and Arts Festival, local bicycle shops, chain ring rhythm, and kickstand culture are also taking part. Says Dan Park from Chain Ring Rhythm, being able to run errands and commute by bike is actually easier and sometimes faster than using a car to get around the village. Finding parking for a car can be a challenge too during the spring and summer. Helping to promote and encourage people to walk and ride when they can is a big win for everyone. Getting involved is easy. Organizing committee member Safford and an East Aurora High School graduate and a communications language and environmental studies major at the University of Vermont is responsible for the social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram. which will help participants track their miles. She says, to sign up, go to link, uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash scoot around June. All the information will be there, including any directions for using the online activity tracking app called Strava. S-T-R-A-V-A, available free at the App Store on your phone. Everyone can set up a free, excuse me, uh, a free account and record their biking and walking activities. <clears throat> Participants can then upload data to Scoot Around June's Google form so we can see how many miles we're accumulating as a community. You'll also have the option to post photos and comment on our social media accounts using the hashtag ScootAroundJune. We encourage people to set their own goals, but we're offering incentives by giving chances for prizes at certain mileage amounts. The committee will be distributing informational flyers this week, and information can also be found on the Scoot Around June Facebook and Instagram pages and on the Town of Aurora's website. Those looking for information can also contact any member of the organizing committee.
Historian's Corner. World War II honor roll was worth waiting for. As World War II stretched into mid-1942, East Aurora, like many small communities across the nation, made plans to honor its military service members by erecting an honor roll of names in the center of the village. A committee in the town of Aurora was planning one of the region's biggest. A two-paragraph article in the November 12, 1942 issue of the East Aurora Advertiser noted that the painting of service members' names on a 10-by-20-foot wooden monument would soon be completed. However, the lack of progress on the project two months later irked the publishers of the Advertiser, who took the community to task in an editorial on January 14, 1943. How the citizens of this community have managed to quietly sit back and watch disinterestingly <laughs> as the erection of a roll of honor has dragged along for all these months is beyond understanding. The editorial noted, adding, it is hard to believe that this disinterested and lackadaisical attitude prevails upon the minds of those same people who willingly but tearfully saw their sons and relatives leave for war. Originally slated for the lawn, front lawn of the library at Main Street and Whaley Avenue, the proposed location was changed to the front lawn of the East Aurora High School on Main Street, where today's middle school stands. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the East Aurora Advertisers on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. The advisor's criticism of the delay seems to have lit a fire under the effort. Two weeks later, a small article in the newspaper noted that the project was moving forward. Ralph E. Seifert, head of the committee appointed to construct, paint, and erect a roll of honor for servicemen from the town of Aurora, announced this week that work will begun, be begun immediately on the painting of the numerous names on the 20 by, 10 by 20 foot board plaque. The article in the January 28, 1943 issue of the advisor noted, permission has been secured to place the plaque in a vacant uptown store and the services of Al Miller have been promised for the painting task. Painstakingly painting each name on the sign was just part of the effort, however. The small community also made weekly announcements in the newspaper seeking the names of service members to ensure that everyone would be included and that their names would be spelled correctly. With great fanfare, East Aurora's Roll of Honor was dedicated 80 years ago this month, on Sunday, May 16th, just in time for Memorial Day, 1943. The 2 p.m. ceremony included patriotic music by the high school band Honor Guards from the veterans of foreign wars and American Legion 
and remarks from town, village, and school officials. Professional and amateur photographers were invited to bring their cameras so that according to the advertiser, many of the young people in the service may be furnished with snapshots of the occasion. Roll of Honor finally erected, shouted the headline above an editorial in the May 20th issue of the Advertiser. The local Roll of Honor became a reality after almost a year of unceasing and tireless efforts on the part of a community comparatively few local citizens, the newspaper noted, and it is to their credit that it was worth waiting for. Although East Aurora has not the only was not the only community to honor the World War II service members with such a plaque, West Falls dedicated one of its own in November 1944, and Strikersville and Marilla were among the other area communities to do so. It was one of, East Aurora was one of the largest in the region. Additional panels became necessary. Organizers had originally planned for 300 to 400 names. By the end of the war, it contained approximately 915. The honor roll remained on the high school grounds beyond the end of World War II in the summer of 1945, but the western New York weather and a lack of maintenance had taken its toll, and the bad condition of the sign was brought to the attention of the village board and it was suggested that the mayor contact members of the town board and American Legion to see what can be done to refurbish the present honor roll board. The advertiser reported on July 5, 1945. However, by January 1946, still nothing had been done. There were calls from many in the community to do something about the dilapidated condition of the wooden monument. Many of the names were no longer legible the advertiser noted on uh, January 24th. Let's see where we are. Within the past several months, quite a few complaints have been heard, the newspaper noted. The advertiser's editor suggested that the community either repaint the honor roll or replace the names with metal letters. World War veterans are daily returning home, the newspaper editors wrote. What must be their reaction when they pass by the honor roll? By the spring of 1946, it was generally accepted that the wall was beyond repair. Conditions of the honor roll is rapidly deteriorating, the advisor reported on March 21st. If it has served its purpose, possibly it can be removed before Memorial Day, May 30th. It is likely many of the World War II veterans will take part in the program that day. Its removal may prevent some caustic remarks. The honor roll did come down, but not in time for Memorial Day. A small article in the June 20th, 1946 issue of the Advertiser noted that it had been dismantled the previous weekend. The honor roll had served its purpose, the newspaper said. However, before it was torn down, a committee of the Quota Club, led by Mary L. Briggs and Lori L. Phillips, 
painstakingly recorded each name. Some of them were so indistinct that the aid of binoculars was needed, the advertiser noted. Additionally, the names of the town of Aurora service members were preserved in long honor roll lists printed on the pages of the newspaper throughout the war. Even before the end of the war, civic leaders had discussed replacing the honor roll with a more permanent monument to honor the service of World War II veterans. A permanent plaque containing all the names was suggested in the circle at the west end of the village. However, according to newspaper accounts, many community members instead proposed a so-called living memorial, such as a public swimming pool, community hall, or improved recreational facilities. What those servicemen and women want is a living memorial, said one local resident, according to a report in the March 14, 1946 advertiser. Maybe an athletic field, possibly a swimming pool, something that will be useful and permanent. Folks today are not hankering for war games, plaques, or monuments. They want living memorials. A community committee was organized in the summer of 1946. Surveys were sent out to solicit suggestions. Among suggestions made at the first meeting were a community hall, a swimming pool, a combined auditorium and swimming pool, and a memorial parking lot in the business district, noted a report from the Planning Commission. Community members would be appreciate a suggestion from every person in the town of Aurora. However, a living memorial ultimately deemed cost prohibitive, leaving, lending the com committee in October 1946 to revert back to the idea of a plaque either in the circle or on the grounds of the school. But on May 1947, cost estimates for the plaque and site work had climbed from $2,000 to between $7,500 and $10,000. Although a fundraising effort was launched in August and the proposal was dis discussed at an American Legion meeting in September, the absence of any articles on the subject in the advertiser after that seems to indicate that the effort to erect a permanent replacement for the World War II honor roll had lost steam by the end of fundraising has begun for the July 3rd show. The Aurora Independence Day Fireworks Committee recently announced the official start of fundraising efforts for the annual fireworks display at Hamlin Park on July 3rd. This year's goal is $16,000. David Thomason, who represents the committee, says that with the community's support, this year's display will be better than ever. The drop-off points for donations are the Aurora Town Hall, located at 575 Oakwood Avenue, on the East Aurora or the East Aurora Advertiser, located at 710 Main Street. Checks can also be sent by mail to the Aurora Town Hall Care Fireworks Donation. 
575 Oakwood Avenue, East Aurora, New York, 14052. Donations will be listed in the East Aurora Advertiser. Fireworks begin at 10 p.m. on July 3rd. <laughs> Meetings. The East Aurora Village Board will meet next on Monday, June 5th at 7 p.m. at 585 Oakwood Avenue. You can see the agenda online. The Aurora Town Board will meet on Monday, June 12th at 6.30 p.m. at 585 Oakwood Avenue. You can see an agenda if you go online. The next Marilla Town Board meeting is scheduled for Thursday, June 8th at 7 p.m. in the Marilla Town Hall. The Elma Town Board will meet on Wednesday, June 14th at 7 p.m. in the Elma Town Hall. The next Town of Wales Board meeting is scheduled for Tuesday, June 13th at 7 p.m. at 12345 Big Tree Road in Wales Center. The Holland Town Board will next meet on Wednesday, June 14th at 7 p.m. at the Holland Town Hall on Pearl Street. The East Aurora School Board will meet on Wednesday, June 14th at the East Aurora Middle School on Main Street at 7 p.m. The Iroquois Central School Board will meet on Wednesday, June 7th at 7 p.m. in the Iroquois Middle School on Girdle Road. The Holland Central School Board will meet next on June 26th at 6 p.m. for a budget hearing at the Holland Community Center on Legion Drive. Okay, and it seems that village re residents, uninvited, are building, reconstructing upon, or are constructing a pond in Tannery Brook at Church Street. I believe they are beavers. East Aurora Kiwanis are having a chicken barbecue on Wednesday, June 7th at Hamlin Park from 3.30 p.m. until sold out. There's a baseball game, live music, rain or shine, $17 pre-sale or at the park. The new bar at Maine and Hamlin opened last Monday, May 15th, with a full house cheering on veteran bartenders and co-owners Andrew Miller and Joseph Morsell on their new venture. Iroquois offers timeline, change on mas timeline on mascot change. A tentative timeline has been proposed for the Iroquois Central School District's nickname and logo change. Superintendent Douglas Schofield told the school board on Tuesday, May 9th, that he had met with his student cabinet and agreed on a process. 
In September, district residents will be informed on how to submit suggested nicknames. Names may be submitted in October. Administrators will review the suggestions in early November to ensure they are appropriate. A committee will choose 25 of those names by mid-November. The number of committee members has not been determined. Part of this is having people come to a committee and volunteering to be on that committee, Schofield said. From November 16th to the 30th, there will be presentations about those names. A vote to narrow the list to five names will occur from December 1st to December 14th. Presentations on the top five choices will be scheduled between December 15th and 17th. A second vote will be held on January 3rd, 2023, and the result will be known for the following day. Proposed designs for the new logo will then be accepted and reviewed in early February. After the review, 25 designs will be publicized to gain feedback. A vote on the design will be set sometime early March to shorten the list to five. Another vote will occur that month to choose the final design, and the new logo will be revealed in late March, which will let the district change signs, the gymnasium floor, and uniforms before the following school year. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the East Aurora Advertiser on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. When the 2024-25 school year begins, the new name and logo will take effect. That gives us time on April, in April to get contractors in to, to redo any of the floors, Schofield said. In the meantime, teams will continue to wear the Chiefs' nickname and logo. New sweatshirts, t-shirts, and other merchandise will be on display, Iroquois without Chiefs, until the new name is finished. A will display, Iroquois without Chiefs, until the new name is finalized. The State Education Department issued a ruling in April that requires districts with a Native American nickname or logo to create a new name and logo by June 30th, 2025. <clears throat> if a district fails to comply, the New York State Board of Regents may review, remove the superintendent and all board members. They absolutely have the ability, Schofield said. Districts must announce their plan by June 30th. The board expects to vote on Schofield's proposed timeline before the time, that time. Schofield's timeline would change the name and logo a year before the deadline. Student cabinet numbers have told him they want to keep the district's colors and select a nickname that no other school in western New York uses. Schofield has estimated the change will cost nearly $500,000. Most of the expense will be for uniforms. On another topic, board member Jim Mikulek agreed to speak at the high school graduation for about five minutes. Board members also accepted retirement notices from Philip Swatek, Swatek treasurer effective July 7th, Carol Comerford, senior account clerk, effective July 5th, Louise Marin. 
Mary Atcher, senior clerk, typist, effective July 6th, and Colleen Narora, senior clerk, typist, effective July 5th. The board also received resignation notices from Sarah Schreiner, payroll clerk, effective June 2nd, and Stacy Woltz, teacher aide, effective May 19th. Board members Louise Toth, Sharon Zeglowski, Zeglowski and Robert Berry were absent. Free Zone Music Fest de debuts at Hamlin Park. ITAC and face-to-face -face drug and alcohol prevention coalitions have teamed up to present a drug and alcohol-free music experience to the community at Hamlin Park on June 10th as East Aurora Music Fest is simultaneously happening. The event will take place from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. near the Roycroft Pavilion. The Free Zone Music Fest is targeted to young people aged 12 years to 20 years old in order to provide access to safe, drug-free, and alcohol-free entertainment. Two local youth bands will perform, Taken by Storm at 1 p.m. and False Alarm at 3.30 p.m. There will also be lawn games and activities. The substance-free concert is open to families of all ages. Food and drink will be available, as well as informational tables from partner organizations. ITAC is a drug and alcohol prevention coalition serving Alma, East Aurora, Marilla, and Wales. ITAC is an acronym that stands for It Takes a Community. Its mission is to increase awareness of substance use within the community and enhance communication between parents, youth, educators, and residents while utilizing data to drive prevention efforts, promote education, and provide access to resources. Face-to-Face -face is a drug and alcohol prevention coalition serving West Seneca and Orchard Park. The group's mission is to foster drug-free communities through outreach, education, and youth engagement while empowering young people to become the next generation of resilient leaders. For more information, contact Ali Pelletro at itacemw at gmail.com or Megan Bortz at mbortz, B-O-A-R-T-S, at ked.org. Follow ITAC or Face to Face on Facebook and Instagram. Excuse me. Live music in the heart of East Aurora. Thursday evenings, July 6th through August 31st, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. The Viddler's parking lot. Dancing, friends, food, and fun. Bring a chair, tailgate a picnic, stop by a food truck. On the 6th 
sound, excuse me, sound theory, sponsored by Andrew's Barber Parlor. July 13th, Hints of Thunder, sponsored by EA VFW Post number 205. Limelight University, sponsored by Limelight Music on the 20th. 727, Never Been, sponsored by East Aurora Advertiser. August 3rd, Tom Stahl and the Dangerfields, sponsored by a Great Erie Federal Credit Union. August 10th, the House Rockers, sponsored by Sammy's Car Wash. Them Dudes, sponsored by Viddlers on the 17th. August 24th, Legacy of Buffalo, sponsored by 42 North. And lastly, on August 31st, Wilson Curry and the Posse, sponsored by Comfort Funeral Home. And spotlight on softball player Alyssa Kingston. At the close of her 2022 sophomore, sophomore softball season, Alyssa Kingston held three East Aurora High School record records, home runs in a season, four, triples in a season, six, and pitching strikeouts in a season, 146, eclipsing the old mark by 41. When her junior-senior season ends in the coming weeks, Kingston will hold at least three more season records in doubles, RBIs, and runs scored, and four career records, doubles, triples, home runs, and strikeouts. Right now, she's batting at 6.67, with 34 hits this season, too shy of the record. Only a serious slump in the playoffs would keep her from owning these records as well. That's not counting her four no-hitters, such an unheard-of accomplishment that isn't even a category in the record book. An official with Section 6 is looking into the archives to see if Kingston will be the first to achieve, achieve this milestone. Other gaudy statistics that make a sports enthusiast gawk are Kingston's 1,215 pitches thrown, 305 batters faced, of whom 172 struck out, and a microscopic 0.951 earned run average. At the plate, she posted a slugging percentage, total bases divided at bats, by at bats, of 1,000, of, I'm sorry, 1.412, an ops on base plus slugging percentage of 2.096. Numbers slow pitch softball guys could only dream about. <laughs> Still, she has another year to play. It's a good bet that darn few other names besides Alyssa Kingston's will be on the record holder scroll in the high school's gym hallway by the time she graduates and moves on to college softball. <laughs> Planting season has arrived. Oh, this is over, the plant sale. Kick off the Memorial Day weekend with a stop at the Alden Farmer's Market. The market will be open, rain or shine. So the market is open. Local vendors will have something for everyone, from baked goods, blueberry wine, hand-painted birdhouses, 
and jewelry to handcrafted soaps, maple syrup, tie-dye, t-shirts, buffalo bills hats, and onesies to things to plant in the garden, like tomato and pepper plants, herbs and flowers. There will be entertainment, meet the candidates day, it's hosted by the Alden Chamber of Converse. The market is located at the Pink Cow Tractor Supply, Save a Lot Plaza, parking lot at 13119 Broadway. It'll be open every Saturday morning through September 30th from 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pets, bicycles, rollerblades, and skateboards should not enter the main area for health and safety reasons. Let's see, community calendar, June 1st, East Aurora School Concert, Honorary, Honor Society Induction at the Holland High School, Iroquois PTO Meeting, Iroquois School Concert, and on, the, on June 2nd, the Holland Central School Students in grades five and six, we'll hold student council fun night. For more information, go online. And there'll be an Iroquois Middle School student event. Spring Fling, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. You can go online. Saturday, June 3rd, Chevetta's Chicken Barbecue, sponsored by the Orchard Park Symphony Women's Committee. It'll be from 1 to 4 p.m. or until sold out at the Orchard Park United Methodist Church, 3700 North Buffalo Street, Orchard Park. And WFCA Concerts. The Clapton Tributes Band will perform at the West Falls Art Center, 1863 Davis Road, beginning at 7 p.m. That's on Saturday, June 3rd. For information, go online. And many others. Let's see what else we have. Oh, Memorial Day tribute. Many photographs with information of servicemen who died in the war. The Elma Antique Show, an antique car show and fundraiser will take place on Sunday, June 11th at the Elma Senior Center, located at 3011 Bowen Road. The Veterans of Foreign Wars Auxiliary will be having a basket, gift certificate raffle, and bake sale during the car show. The proceeds will help support local veterans. Tickets are available at the Senior Center. The Elma Historical Society will also be having a chicken barbecue that day. You can call 716-941-1036 for more information. Wales revisits providing public water to residents. 
the town of Wales is one of the only communities in Erie County without public water. Every few years, the feasibility of bringing public water to Wales is reintroduced at a town board meeting. At a town board meeting, Robert Clavoon from Wendell Engineering walked the town board through the process again on May 9th. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from the East Aurora Advertiser on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. This was a session to gather information only. Wales is not pursuing public water at this time. Every community that Clavoon has assessed has started the process after receiving a petition from residents who want public water. If board members decide to move forward, they create a follow-up survey on the website or through the mail to get a more accurate picture of interest from residents. If the survey shows that residents are interested in water, the engineer does a water supply study. At this point, the Erie County Water Authority gets involved in discussions concerning how the town can eventually connect to the county supply. Clavoon said the water supply study would figure in the initial approximate costs of the project. If the town wants to remove, for, if the town wants to move forward, after seeing the report, a water district would have to be created by board members. Residents within the proposed district would also have to approve it by referendum. In my career, I have done 15 of these. One district passed by two votes, he said. There are a number of ways to finance forming a water district. Clavoon said there are standard municipal bonds. These bonds last 20 or 30 years, and they are based on the town's credit rating. Clavoon said bonds are available through New York State Environmental Facilities Corporation for the drinking water program with better interest rates from the regular municipal bonds. And these loans are also 20 to 30 years. New York State Rural Development also offers bonds that Wales would qualify for. These loans are for 38 years with a 4.75% interest rate. Clavoon also noted that the Water Infrastructure Investment Act allows communities to get 60% of the project paid for up to $3 million at 0% interest. Clavoon cautioned that if Wales were to get serious about the prospect of public water, the state might stand in the way of the project because there are agricultural districts within the town. A&G Markets in Albany is very sensitive to protecting agricultural farmland. Sometimes they will not allow water lines because they feel it promotes traditional residential growth and inhibits the character of the community, he said. The closest that Wales has ever been to bringing public water to residents was in 2006. A portion of Wales and the town of Aurora began to process the process to create a water district together. This would have brought water to 250 households in Wales among seven roads. 
The estimated cost of the project for Wales was $3.8 million in 2006. When it went to referendum, residents in Wales approved the measure, but the residents in Aurora turned it down. Aurora had to pass their portion. Ours did pass, but without them, the project fell apart. Council member Ricky Venditti said, Didi, Van Didi. Clavoon said that after 18 years, that 18 years ago, the cost of a 10-inch PVC pipe was $37. Today, it is $140. The cost of materials and copper pipe fittings has increased significantly, he said. The town board will meet again at 7 p.m. on June 13th in the town Wales Hall, in the Wales Town Hall, <laughs> located at 12345 Big Tree Road. Tops promotes Kelly Quigley to Director of Distribution. Quigley is a graduate of the University of Buffalo with a degree in political science and mathematics. She resides in East Aurora with her husband Jeff and two sons, Elliot and Ryan. So that's a good, a good move up. Town approves permit for major fill on Jamison Road. Public approval for a new building project was the topic at hand at a recent meeting in Elma. At the Town of Elma board meeting last Wednesday, board members unanimously approved a fill permit for 12,500 cubic yards of fill at 1261 Jamison Road. Board member Joseph Macaluso was absent. The permit will last for 180 days from approval and carries with its stipulations by board members regarding the process by which the owner receives the fill. The project needing 800 yards of fill requires town board approval. Alaya and Bugna appeared before the town's work session a week prior to discuss his project with board members. Mbogna is seeking to build a 5,000-square-foot house on the site of an older gravel pit at 1261 Javison Road. The, the property is no longer under a mining permit, and it is approximately 95 acres. Mbogna works for a company that has excess clean fill from a project on Borden Road, and the company is looking for a location to dump the fill. The fill is mostly sandy loam, which would be native to the dumping site. It would be good opportunity to be able to kill two birds with one stone, and Bugno said. The full drainage plan was provided to the town. Code enforcement officer Joseph Colairn asked that the route to bring trucks to what the route to bring trucks to the site would be. He said there had been previous complaints by the Iroquois Central School District about the increased traf truck traffic along Girdle Road in years past. And Bugna said that the trucks would be coming off of Route 100. They're like, 
They're like less lights, he said. Oh, I see. And Bugna said estimates that during the initial month of the project, the area could see up to 20 trucks a day, with that decreasing to approximately five trucks a week afterwards. And it goes into details. East Aurora Boys and Girls Track Teams take ECIC titles. The East Aurora Boys and Girls Track Teams, Track and Field Teams traveled to Alden this past weekend to participate in the ECIC Team Championship Meet. In the end, both teams brought home Team Championship titles despite the rain led by a host of strong individual performances. Jump shot put, long jump, and 800 meter run. This was a super weekend for East Aurora. Our athletes did great, especially considering the poor weather and that this event was after our prom, which never helps athlete perform performances. <laughs> um, leading the way for East Aurora was Megan Cassidy. She not only won the pentathlon, she broke her own school record and qualified for states in the event with a super standard performance. Cassidy had already hit the standard in the high jump, but to, to reach that level this past weekend, especially in the rain-soaked conditions, was an accomplishment. Who else do we have? Many names in other places. All right, Unified Basketball puts on a show against Lancaster. Another enthusiastic crowd greeted the East Aurora Blue Devils Unified Basketball team on Thursday, May 18th, as they prepared to go up against the legends of Lancaster. To watch Unified warm-ups, it is to understand how engaged the high school has become with the team and the new aspect uh, of interschoolastic athletics. It's new for East Aurora. The gym floor was busy with athletes, students with intellectual disabilities, and partners, students with intellectual difficulties, for sure. But that wasn't all. Student assistant coaches, variety athletes volunteering their time to guide the players, faculty members, non-playing unified club members, who organized the event, a large cheerleading contingent, and friends of the athletes all got in on the high-spirited gathering. It was a party as well as a warm-up, and the crew from Chris Cunningham's Cummins broadcast journalism class, Owen Bersch on the camera, and Jake Reddick and Amelia Sexton calling the game, had it all on live stream lead. Wonderful. East Aurora modified softball playing a strong season. On Saturday, May 13th, the East Aurora modified softball team played a home game against John F. Kennedy Senior High School and won 19-3. The girls were ready for anything as they took the field. Both teams made outs by catching high pop flies 
while on defense. Eva Roddenmeyer caught plenty of outs as a first baseman, and Kira Billups had some amazing plays in the outfield. Overall, a good game was played by both teams. And we have the Blue Devils edge out Albion in baseball pre-quarter final. A large crowd at Hamlin Park, the emerald gem in the center of the village, was on hand Monday, May 22nd to watch the East Aurora Blue Devils edge the Albion Purple Eagles 6-4 in the pre-quarter final round of the Section 6 Class B1 baseball playoffs. The Blue Devils quarterfinal matchup, oh, I guess it's already played, will be Tuesday, May 23rd. Okay. Saved from the Hell Box, um, Grant M. Hamilton, publisher. Does the world smell that way? If you believe everything you hear, then it's possible that printed news will end up in the Hell Box sometime in the not-too-distant future. The demise of the newspaper is inevitable, some repeatedly repeat, and the repetition is repeated. When I start believing that maybe they're correct, I remember the story of the man who had a Limburger cheese sandwich for lunch. Some of that pungent cheese got caught in his mustache, and he went through the day thinking the world smelled that way. It seems to me that the choice is not either newspapers in print or newspapers on a screen. It's true that producing newspapers in print has costs that are hard to overcome. It doesn't make it any easier when newspaper printers abandon their presses in New York State. That doesn't necessarily mean that the only answer is to go digital. As newspaper publishers, we understand that we have a multimedia audience. We also understand that we are journalists in the broader sense and providing the news to our audience and starts with gathering and reporting. As a publisher, I hope that we will continue to receive the support of our subscribers and local advertisers as we navigate the ever-changing habits of readers and the challenging aspects of print, I believe local journalism and local newspapers make a better community. You have been listening to a reading of the articles and features from the May 25th issue of the East Aurora Advertiser. Your reader has been Rosemary. Thank you for listening.